Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. All right, good morning, everyone. How y'all doing? That's so nice of you. God bless you, and thanks for coming out today and coming out so strong with everything that's going on in the world today. We're just so glad that you're here with us on campus, especially on a holiday weekend, and also joining us online as well, all of our friends and our family, church family online as well. We just welcome you today. When I was looking forward to 2022 and uh, really praying about what God would have uh, uh, for a theme for our church for the coming year, I circled in my spirit for several weeks, but I came uh, to the conclusion that this is a theme that God wanted us to have, that uh, our 2022 theme is going to be a future and a hope. God has a future and a hope for his people, and in fact, the Bible says this, and you can read it with me this morning, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, plans to give you a future and a hope. In all of this bleakness that we have in our world today aren't you glad that we have hope in Christ Jesus can I get a witness amen give the Lord a great hand clap of praise for that hallelujah so we're going to talk about that this morning I just believe that God is going to speak to your heart and uh, you're going to feel his presence today as well hallelujah let's pray father in heaven we love you so much thank you Lord God for letting us be in this place today This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it, but this is also the year that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad with it, in it, Lord. And I thank you right now that we can have great expectations about what this year is going to bring. Lord, we just pray right now this is going to be a good year and a great year in the lives of your people, and we pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. So speak to our hearts, we pray right now, and we pray it in your holy name. And all of God's people said amen. Amen. Hold your Bibles high in the sky and say, this is my Bible, the living and powerful, proven word of God, a lamp unto my feet. Well, hold on a second. I'm going to stop right there. It doesn't matter if I'm on TV or anything like that. Stand up with me. You always do better when you stand up, all right? All right. Hallelujah. Say with me, this is my Bible, the living and powerful, proven word of God, a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, God's holy word on which I stand. And having done all, I'm going to stand on the Word of God. Whatever the Word of God says I am, whatever the Word of God says I have, whatever the Word of God says I can do, say with me, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. Now I want you to put your Bibles down and give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Would you do that? Hallelujah. 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 In fact... When I came in here, and I was just going to go right into my message right here, but I was going to walk up here because I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me that this would be a good time, that we just need to give the Lord praise from our hearts. The Bible says this, the Lord is good, his mercy endures forever, and his truth is to all generations. We are his people, the sheep of his pastor. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye people. Serve the Lord with gladness. And then the Bible says, yeah. Clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Okay, now, that's a good rehearsal. All we need right now is for everyone at home to join us as well. Make a joyful noise in your house. We'll make a joyful noise in this house. But I want to just do that one more time because... A couple of things happen when you praise the Lord. First of all, it causes God's presence. Uh, The the Word of God says this, that when we praise Him, He inhabits the praises of His people. God's presence inhabits the praises of the people. And then, also, it causes the enemy to stand up and take notice. It causes the enemy to flee when we praise the Lord. So, one more time, everyone, give the Lord a great praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise today. We give you praise at the front of this day. Praise at the front of this year. Thank you, Lord God. We bless your holy name. Hallelujah. 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 Say it with me. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And just say it with me. This is the year that the Lord has made. And I'll 
Rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I'm stretching the scripture a little bit with the year thing. It's, he said the day, but it is the year of the favor of the Lord. I'm going to go there anyway. Hallelujah. And I just pray it's going to be a year of the favor of the Lord as well. And God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Praise God. I had notes made up for the service today and a very simple outline, but it'll at least get, you know, have the scriptures that we'll be sharing today and give you a framework on the message today. So today, and by the way, if, if you need a copy of that, just raise your hand long enough to get it in online. There's a, uh, also, they'll give you online instructions on how you can uh, receive notes yourself right there online, all right? So today I want to talk about God's plan for you in 2022. Man, I couldn't waste that year title. God's plans for you in 2022. Let me tell you this. God's plan is to give you a future and a hope. Aren't you glad for that? We live in a world that feels more hopeless than hopeful, a world where the future seems more bleak than bright, if you watch the news. But in the midst of the adversity and the uncertainty that we face, the word of the Lord today is this, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. They're plans to give you a future and a hope. If you'll receive that from the Lord, say aloud, amen, amen. Now, this scripture that we pull out many times of the, uh, from the uh, uh, Bible as a life verse, it really needs to be taken in context, all right? So this scripture right here was written by Jeremiah the prophet to those Israelites or Hebrews who had been taken captive from Jerusalem or Judah, had been taken captive and sent over to Babylon, all right? And so the minute I said Babylon, it got smoky in here because it was a pretty bad place. <laughs> Babylon. But um, God sent a part of the people from Jerusalem over to Babylon, about 20,000 of them. We know that there was 4,600 men, so that is a fixed number. But if you add women and children, there was about 20,000 people that made their way over to Babylon, and they were put into captivity by God. Now, lots of times we blame the devil for everything that goes on, but every now and then, God chastises us. And so God sent his people over to Babylon, a section of his people because Israel was beginning to turn away from the things of God. They had gone into rebellion. They were prophesying false prophecies. They were prophesying lies and say that they were the truth of God. God says, I didn't say that. That's not what I spoke at all. But they kept on. They were caught up with idolatry and also adultery and all kinds of sins. And because of their sins, God says this, we're going to put a hold on this right now and I'm going to send you away for a season. But I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to send you away for a season. And, and that place that he sent them to was Babylon. Now, it, sometimes when I start talking about Babylon, people just kind of check out, kind of like, okay, no, no. But this has a lot to do with what we're talking about because in the midst of Babylon is where they got this scripture for the people in that day and in that time and this scripture for us in our time. I want to just say that when we're going through bad times, how many of you know that every now and then, uh, by the way, how many of you know every now and then God will... God is the one that sent them to Babylon for, for, uh, for seven years, by the way. It, it wasn't the devil that sent them. The devil caused them to do all these other things that caused God to send them. But God sent them, if you're following what I'm saying. How many of you have children? And how many of you ever had to send your children to your room, to their room? And, 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 and yet, you say, yeah, I want you to go upstairs in your room. And you put them into captivity. And you put them into, you exiled them from the big house. And you put them into a little room, and they were held captive in their room. Uh, we better not put this on TV, or you're going to have the, the uh, people show up at your door. But you understand, I'm, I'm using this metaphorically, all right? In other words, they, because of their iniquity, if you will, you said, no, you're going to get some time out right now, and you're going to go upstairs. You're not going to be downstairs with the family. You're going to be upstairs away for a certain period of time. It's usually an hour or so or whatever it might be. God says this, you're going to be going away for a certain period of time, but it's going to be 70 years, and then I'm going to call you back to your land that you're, you're part of. But it is a form of chastisement. Now, it was a form of judgment, but, I, but let me just show you the exile right here. The exile, you, you'll find, if you ever do want to do like a study, uh, just for your own 
you know, benefit. Go on to Google and look at the Babylonian Empire, look at Babylon, look at the, uh, look at the exile to Babylon, and, and it'll just really inform you as what happened uh, in that place called Babylon. But you can see right here, here's the people leaving Judah and Jerusalem, and about 20,000 of them over a period of time, and then they were on their way to Babylon. Babylon was a lonely place. Babylon was under wicked leadership, and when they went after the people, I'm talking about when King Nebuchadnezzar, who was in charge at that time, Nebuchadnezzar II, when he went and he got people to, to exile and to hold in captivity, he went also after the brightest and best. You'll remember that in addition to those who had sinned, there was also other people that hadn't sinned, people like Daniel, people like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember them? And I was just thinking that in the midst of darkness, in the midst of this captivity, God had those that would, in other words, take a stand. They stood up and they took a stand for the Lord, even in a society that was, had turned their backs on God. How many of you know that that's what God wants us to do? In other words, to stand up for the Lord. But in the middle of all of that, all of this wickedness, God still had his agents of righteousness, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that would stand up for righteousness, even though they hadn't sinned themselves, they were still in Babylon with all of those who had, but they still stood up for God. How many of you believe today that we all need to stand up and be counted for the Lord, even in a wicked and adulterous nation? If you believe that, give the Lord a great hand clap. Would you do that, amen? That was kind of a weak hand clap. Let me ask you, if you're a believer, how many believe we need to stand up for the Lord? Amen? Amen. But here's what I want you to see about this uh, Babylonian captivity for just a moment here. God, let them, God sent them to Babylon, but it was a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies the exile of God's people, but also the restoration of God's people. I want you to hear this. The exile and the captivity of God's people was part of God's plan, and the restoration of the Jewish nation were part of God's plan. So God is always at work. Even when we're going through difficult situations, God's long-term plan is for good and a future of hope. And Babylon was his agent of judgment against Israel for their sins of idolatry and rebellion against him. I want you to hear this. God used B Babylon, God used King Nebuchadnezzar as an agent of judgment for the people. I'm talking about they ended up coming under their judgment, but he used them as an agent of his judgment for their sins. Now, so they're stuck in Babylon right now, but nevertheless... God did not leave Israel in captivity. He delivered them from, Babyl uh, from Babylon after 70 years. So say it with me right now, 70 years. Now, a couple of things in the Jewish people, if you study Jewish history. Um, the Jews were tied up in Egypt. They were in slavery for, what was it? 420 years, something like that. Uh, 430 years. They were in Jewish slavery, or the Jews were in slavery in Egypt for 430 years. My goodness, that's a long time. And then 70 years under Babylonian captivity, all right? But in the midst of that, God speaks to his people, and Jeremiah writes a letter to them. He writes a letter to those that are held captive. And so that's what we have right now in Jeremiah 29, 11. So here's what I want you to do in your Bibles. If you're there, just to go to Jeremiah chapter 29, and we'll just uh, look at uh, starting at verse 10, all right? This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. Who said that? The Lord said that, right? But then I'm going to come and do for you all the good things that I have promised, and I will bring you home again. God says this, you're in Babylon right now. But he says this, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to do all the good things that I've promised and I'm going to bring you home again. My two favorite things in life are going away and coming home. How about you? You know what I'm saying? How many of y'all is looking forward to your next trip? But when you get on your next trip, you're looking forward to coming home as well. Well, the, these, the, the people of God were on a trip they didn't want to go on. They were in Babylon. But he says this, you're in Babylon now, but I'm going to start doing good for you, and I'm going to bring you home back to Jerusalem and back to Judah. And all of God's people said, amen. He says this, he says, I'm going to bring you back home again. Now, you know, that's hope right there. 
So he says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. And by the way, here's a different take on this. I know the plans for you. That I, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They were receiving false prophecies, the people of God, from false prophets in Babylon. They were saying, here's what God is saying. And God's saying this. I didn't say that. That's not what I said. They were, they were giving falsehood. They were giving false prophecy. And here the Lord says this, I know the plans that I have for you. The false prophets don't know the plans that, that, that they have for you, but I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and a hope. And then he says this, in those days when you pray, I will listen. How many you know that when we get under tough times in our lives, funny thing, we learn how to pray. Amen. How many of you your prayer life improved just a little bit over the last two years? You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about when the heat is on and when you go like, man, I, I can see right now that the answers are not in our hands. The answers are in God's hands. We learn how to pray. He says, in those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you're going to find me. And I want you to just stop right there. God says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. God is not looking for half-hearted believers today. God is not looking for a half-hearted church. He's saying, I want you to seek me with your whole heart, and then you'll find me if you seek me with your whole heart. And so I want to just look you right in the eye today and say this in the, in the year 2022. God is encouraging us to amp it up. We might be prayers, but we want to pray with greater intensity than we ever have. We might know God, but God wants us to be known by him, he wants us to be pressing into him more than we ever have before. He says this, you'll find me if you seek me with all of your heart. Look for me wholeheartedly and you'll find me. And then the Lord says this, I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will end your captivity and I will restore your fortunes. Man, I love that. I'll be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and I'll restore your fortunes. How many can receive that right now? In other words, he says, you're going through a tough time right now, and the devil has been coming against you, but I'm going to take you out of this. I'm going to end your captivity, and I'm going to restore your fortunes. In other words, what's been stolen and taken away from you, I'm going to restore back in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And I'm going to gather you out of all the nations where I sent you. Now watch this. I'm going to gather you out of all the nations where I sent you. He didn't say where the devil sent you. He said where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. In other words, sometimes God works in our lives in ways we cannot understand and he'll even let us go through a trial that's even by his design and yet he's in the middle of it all. God works everything for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. But sometimes God puts us in the woodshed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because we need to be in the woodshed. There are times. I sure don't pray for it. These songs that I hear on, on the radio, <laughs> God, whatever it takes, if it takes the rain, then rain on me, Lord. I go like, no, I don't want you to rain on me, Lord. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not making myself clear enough, but I've heard these songs like, God, whatever it takes, if you have to tear me down or whatever. Uh, I go like, well, I don't really want to go through that. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to sing a song like that. Uh, I don't think, you know, but am I alone in this area? You know what I'm saying? Just just, but then, but on the other hand, there are times in our lives where we find ourselves in the woodshed or in the, in the wilderness. And it's still part of God's work in our lives because whom he loves, he chastises because he wants us to make, sons, make us sons and daughters of God. Can I get a witness? Amen. So he'll do that. But just realize that if you're going through a tough time right now, it doesn't prove that God isn't with you. It might prove that God is with you all the more. You, you might have been sent into a figurative Babylon, if you will. I hope you're not there for 70 years. But you've been sent into a figure to Babylon, but the same God that sent you there is the same God that's going to gather you back to himself as well. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes, and I'll gather you from the nations where you came out. Now, here's what I want you to see this morning in your notes, all right? God's pattern is to deliver his people from captivity, all right? This is going to be the hardest blank that you fill in this morning and uh, the longest one, but I want you to just write it down. 
God's pattern is to deliver his people from captivity. That's his pattern. All through from Genesis to Revelation. We have been delivered. We are being delivered. We will be delivered. Amen? So um, I was just thinking about this. God's. Uh, let me just ask you a question here this morning. How many of you know, what, by, you know as a fact that God has already delivered you? Just kind of wave at me, amen? When you think about where you've been and what God brought you from, how many of you believe that God has delivered you? Just kind of wave at me and say aloud, amen, amen? Amen. And how do you believe that God is delivering you right now in the name of Jesus? And how do you believe on that day that God is going to deliver you again? So it's past, present, and future. We have been delivered, we are being delivered, and we will be delivered. Hallelujah. But I just wrote down, I didn't go to a book to find this or anything, just my own reading in Scripture. As, as I was writing this message, I just wrote these things down. I was thinking about all the way, ways that God delivered his people, all right? First of all, uh, and these are just random, all right? God delivered Joseph from a pit and put him in a palace. Remember that story? God delivered Noah and his family from a flood. God delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from a fiery furnace. God delivered Daniel from a lion's den. God delivered David from Goliath. God delivered Jonah from a whale. God delivered Job from the devil's attack. God delivered Esther and the Jewish people from death. God delivered Israel from 430 years of slavery in Egypt. God delivered the Jews from 70 years of Babylon captivity. God delivered Paul and Peter and Silas from prison. God delivered Jesus from death, hell, and the grave. And if God delivered all of these, God will deliver you as well. Because you're part of his story. And God's story is to, his pattern is to deliver his people from captivity. God's pattern is to deliver his people from captivity. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you're glad you delivered this morning, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Would you do that? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, when we're talking about captivity, uh, I want to just share something that will be close to your heart because we've been held captive by COVID for 22 months right now. And the end still isn't in sight. Two more months and it'll be two years. I remember when we started this whole journey out, 2020, in March, the third Sunday of March, actually, it was, uh, when we had to close up and, and, uh, because of the state directives and all of those kinds of things. By the way, we won't be closing up anymore. Even if I'm here, I'll be here. So I'm just saying that. I'm just putting out. I, 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 we will not be closing Harvest Church up anymore. So just so you know, if you're wondering. <clears throat> because I'll be here with the Bible. And we'll be, we'll be sharing the word right from here. So, um, uh, you know, I'm not checking in with Dr. Fauci anymore. Um, but we've been held captive by COVID for 22 months and the end still isn't in sight quite yet. They're thinking right now that because of this new, uh, uh, so, uh, this new variant that we have, um, it's a little bit less severe than the other ones have been. And so they're thinking that there's a possibility that this could turn into a uh, herd immunity kind of a variant, uh, which they've never talked about that in two years. They've, they've hoped for a herd immunity, but they haven't really talked about the possibility and they, they think possibly this could be it and that uh, after a couple of tough months that things could open up and there would be way more because it's so, so many people are getting it and all of that kind of thing. But here's where we've been now. This, this, we've been held captive by COVID for 22 months. So far, we've dealt with the COVID virus, the COVID-19 virus, the Delta variant, and now the Omicron variant, all right? And I just talked about that. We've been vaccinated, we've been double vaccinated, and we've been triple vaccinated, and we've been not vaccinated at all. We've been sheltered in and then unsheltered and then sheltered in again. Do you remember when this thing started out? They said, all we need is two weeks, 15 days, and we're going to let this thing cool down. Back at the beginning of this thing, it's just going to take 15 days. Y'all stay inside for 15 days, and things we're hoping will change, but they didn't change. We're two years into this right now. Uh, we've been masked and we've been unmasked all in the same day. Yes. I get masked and unmasked all in the same day. And I'm amazed at how intelligent this COVID is. It knows when you go to the restaurant, put on your mask, 
but when you sit down in the booth, you can take it off and it will not bother you while you're in your booth. It's just like amazing thing. So you eat your food and you talk with 100 other people in the restaurant that are all filling the air with whatever they're filling the air with. But then it, it's, so, uh, it's such a gentleman, so gracious that it lets you have your food and then you put back on the mask to walk out. And we know that this works and we know that this is true. <laughs> so I do believe in masking to the point of that it, 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 it does, it's effective uh, and... Uh, uh, you know, it's effective in keeping particulates from going out into the air, all right? The efficacy of it, it's better than nothing for sure. So I don't want to get into discussion because we have masks and on masks, and I, I do the same thing throughout the day, all right? Depending on where I'm at. So we've been masked and on masks all on the same day, and sadly, we've seen COVID infect 55 million people right now, of which 825,000 have died in the U.S., all right, about 5 million have died worldwide, but about 825,000 have died in the U.S. But the good news is we're closer than we've ever been to walking out of this wilderness and walking out of this captivity because we serve a God who has the power to deliver his people from the power of a pandemic, from the power of an endemic, and the power of every enemy. God is able to deliver his people. Give the Lord a great shout for that. Amen. So the word of the Lord to you today is, I know the plans that I have for you. They're plans for good and not for evil. Plans to give you a future and plans to give you a hope, amen? I want to ask you now just to take this verse that Jeremiah, again, wrote to those that were in exile in Babylon. He writes that note and it applies to our lives today as well. I want to unpack just Jeremiah 29, 11, just for the next few moments. First of all, God has plans for you. He has plans for you. I didn't say he has a plan for you. I said he has plans for you. And so that means more than one. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. I know the plans. Say it with me this morning, plans. And God's plans are plural. They're not singular. In other words, God has many plans for you, not just a few plans or not just one plan. He has many plans for you because he's a big God. And this word plans also is translated this way in the King James Version, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. In other words, when we have hope, we have an expectation of what we believe by faith will come to pass. Can I say that again? When we have hope, hope is what we've had, that what we've had faith for will come to pass. That's an expected end. He says, I'm going to give you an expected end. The expected end for the people in Babylon are, we're going to get out of Babylon. The expected end for us that are in this COVID wave right now is we're going to come out of this pandemic in the name of Jesus. That's the hope that we have. So God has plans for you. First of all, let me just ask you, aren't you glad that God has a plan for you, amen? That he has plans for you? And aren't you glad that God thinks thoughts about you, amen? That he's thinking of you at all. My little granddaughter just asked me yesterday, God, how, how he, she was asking me, how big is heaven? And I said, and, 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 and where is heaven? You know, where is heaven? Well, it's out there somewhere. And, and, but how big is heaven? I, and, and I said, well, you know, well, I, it's a city four square. I think it's about 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles high. You know, it's like a city four square. But now that I think of it, the word of God says this, that heaven is God's throne and the earth is his footstool so heaven must be a pretty big place if the earth is his footstool so I said it's a big 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 place you know we were talking about heaven so just to think that a God that created the heavens and the earth and the universe wants to have thoughts about us us little tiny little people down here but he does have thoughts. You know, how big is God? He's big enough to rule this mighty universe, but he's small enough to live within your heart. And he's small enough to have thoughts about you. Many thoughts, not just a few, but many thoughts about you. If you're glad for that, say loud amen. Amen? And in fact, if you only knew the plans that God has for you, the Apostle Paul tried to capsulize it when he wrote this. He says, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. How many of you love the Lord? God has good, not just a good thing for you. He says, I've got things for you. 
All those that love you, you don't even have in your imagination all the things that God has for those who love him. So God has plans, plural for you, not just one plan, but many plans. He thinks thoughts towards you, and he has many things for you. And if you're happy for that, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Amen? (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, second thing is God's plans are for your good, for your good and his glory. God's plans are for your good. How many believe that God really intends good for you? I really believe that, that he intends good for me, that he intends good for you. So it says here, they are plans for good and not for disaster. I want to just say here this morning on, and by the way, thanks for listening so closely and clearly and everything. I appreciate that, everyone. God bless you. Um, uh, I could spend a whole sermon just talking about the goodness of God and his goodness to us. How many of you say that God has been a good God, amen? And, and, and we say this, God is a good God. Say it with me right now, God is a good God. But honestly, the foundation under that one statement is so large, I can't even share it this morning. But let me just touch on it for a second, because God's plans are for your good. In other words, we serve a good God who has good plans for you. Coming up, God is a good God. First of all, the Bible says, as the psalmist said this, the Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. He's good to all. Hallelujah. Has the Lord been good to you? Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Nahum said this, the Lord is good. A refuge in times of trouble. He takes care of those who trust in him. Have you seen how the Lord has taken care of you and been good to you when you've trusted in him? Can I get a witness? Amen. And then the Bible says this, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who trusts in him. Say with me this morning, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. A lot of people talk about the Lord, but they never taste the Lord. They just talk about the Lord, but they never really taste and see that he is good. I was, I was, ta- I was talking about this years ago. I was preaching a message way back. I've only pastored two churches. So in the first church that I pastored, I was talking about this little psalm for a second and illustrating it. When I was a little kid, uh, we lived up, we lived, you know, we weren't rich at all. And I, I never thought we were poor, but we lived on really low means, I'll tell you that. Mom and dad, our pastor and his wife, and then the five children, had five children. So five kids, we ate everything that was in the house twice, you know, and, 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 and mom was such a good caretaker for us. But we would have, uh, at, when we'd have breakfast, we would have uh, orange juice. And orange juice, back in that day, it wasn't so much the gallon jug that you'd buy, but you'd get this, uh, uh, this can that would have concentrated frozen orange juice in it. Does anybody remember that at all? I mean, now we just buy the gallon jugs and all that, but that wasn't so much the case back then. It was more the, you buy the, 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 the concentrated can of orange juice, and we take out the big, large can for, uh, for the family. She got the jumbo size, I suppose it was, and then we'd put that in, you'd shake that, you know, down freezing, and then all of a sudden, glug, and hit the bottom of the picture, and then we'd put a wooden spoon in there and stir that, and then we'd get the orange juice made up, and we had enough orange juice now for seven people, but we only got a little, uh, you know, uh, a small glass of it and that was it we could have all the water we wanted but the orange juice you got a glass of orange juice and a little orange juice glass I could have drank five of those but I only got one and so I remember growing up that way and when I got out of uh, high school and graduated I went to college and when I was on my own in college man I would buy orange juice by the gallon and I mean it was because of the deficit I was running for most of my life on orange juice and I didn't just go for the super value stuff. I went all the way to Tropicana, all the way to the top. Man, I'm going to have fresh squeezed orange juice here, whatever. You know, I hadn't had that in my life. It was all this, all this concentrate. But man, I would drink orange juice by the gallon. And I remember when I was preaching on, oh, taste and see the Lord is good. I was saying that a lot of people talk about the Lord, but they don't taste and see that the Lord is good. A lot of people, and then I had a, a like this a Tropicana, and I told the story, and I put a glass up here and I poured the orange juice and I said, a lot of people look at that glass of orange juice and man, that looks really good. I've heard that it's sweet. I heard that it's really tasty when you chill it and everything. I've heard, and I just talked and talked up the orange juice and all of a sudden, 
you know, and the point was that, you know, it's one thing to talk about the orange juice, it's another to taste and see that it is good. And a lot of people in the church talk about the things of God, but they never taste and see that they are good. Well, I was going on and on about this orange juice and kind of looking at a guy from the front row. He said, I can't take it anymore. And he ran up to the pulpit, grabbed the orange juice and drank it down right in front of the crowd, right there, the whole thing. And I thought that was pretty good. Let's not just talk about the Lord. Let's taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen? And then, so we're talking now about God's plans are for our good. So um, as the psalmist also said this, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I'm telling you what, in this world that we live in right now, there's so many people losing heart, so many people depressed, so many people right now under a cloud. But the psalmist said this, man, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And I want to just say that for all of us here this morning. We might be under a cloud of adversity. We might be getting tired. We might be feeling worn. But I'll tell you what, don't lose heart because we're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Can I get one to say amen? So take heart. Hallelujah. And we're talking about goodness right now. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's what God says to those who love him, that surely goodness and mercy will follow you. Mercy is love. Surely goodness and love will follow you all the days of your life and you'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's the goodness of God. Hallelujah. There was a man that had three daughters and they were uh, triplets. And he named him Shirley, Goodness, and Mercy because he wanted them to follow him all the days of his life. And they did, I'll tell you, okay? (laughs) But anyway, just so you know, Shirley, Goodness, and Mercy are going to chase you down in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Because God's plans are for your good. Even when you're in Babylon, even though we might be somewhere we don't want to be, I don't want to be in this uh, environment we're in right now, but here we are. But I'm talking about in this environment that we're in, in our nation, in our world. But we're here right now, and God's grace is going to be sufficient even in the midst of what we're going through because we serve a good God. Hallelujah. Third thing this morning is this. God's plans are to give you a future. So a future. Um, uh, There's a minister and a songwriter uh, named Ira Stanfield, all right, who ministered years ago back in the... 30s and 40s and 50s, he wrote so many songs like Come Home, It's Supper Time. He also wrote another song, I Know Who Holds Tomorrow and I Know Who Holds My Hand. And uh, I had a chance to meet him back in the 80s when I was a young minister. I got to meet Ira and and spend time with him. And uh, I mean, he sings all these songs. I mean, he's been recorded by Elvis. He's been recorded by Leon Rimes. He's been recorded on every hymns album that's out there. There's an Iris Stanfield song somewhere there. But he um, had one song called I Know Who Holds Tomorrow. And the chorus of it goes like this. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow and I know who holds my hand. And we might not know what tomorrow holds. We might not know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future, and his name is Jesus Christ. And we're in good hands. Can I get witness right now? Amen. I know who holds my hand. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but I know who holds my hand. Or as another song says, fear not tomorrow, for God is already there. Fear not tomorrow, for God is already there. And I'm telling you what, that could be... Uh, any more true as we walk into an uncertain future we can have certain hope because God has promised to be with us wherever we go and to never leave us or forsake us praise the name of the Lord hallelujah praise God and I want you to think about this as well God has begun a good work in you and he's going to see it through to completion until the day of Jesus Christ God has begun something in you and he's going to see it through because he's a see it through God. Hallelujah. So I want you to have confidence in the Lord and confidence in your future that even though we're walking through a tough time right now, yet God is with us in the middle of the storm, in the boat with us, and he's going to see us through to the other side. And if you believe that, say aloud, amen. Amen. Fourth thing here this morning is this. Not only does God want to give you a future, but he wants to give you a hope. And we need hope today. 
uh, as I said before, hope is believing that what you have faith in is going to come to pass. It's called the expected end. I'm hoping that this is going to happen. How many glad that we can have hope, amen? So he says, I have plans to give you a future and to give you a hope. And at the, at the beginning of the message this morning, I mentioned that we live in a world that feels more hopeless and helpless and than hopeful, all right? So it feels more hopeless than hopeful, a world where the future seems to be more bleak than bright. So how can we have more hope in a hopeless world? Let me give you the answer right here in just a quick verse from Lamentations. The Word of God says this, Yet this I call to mind, therefore I have hope. What's the answer, in other words? How can we have hope in a hopeless world? Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Hallelujah. If it wasn't for the Lord, we'd have been consumed a long time ago. But every day you get a new set of mercies, a new set of compassions, and a new set of faithfulness from the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They're new every morning, and great is your faithfulness. How many are glad that you, praise God, have a God that's faithful to you in every situation, every circumstance. Hallelujah. And if you've ever been feeling tired, have you ever been feeling tired these days? Someone said, I'm feeling tired right now. (laughs) But the Bible says this, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They'll soar on wings like eagles. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and they'll not be faint. Hallelujah. So when you're feeling tired, praise God. Hope in the Lord. Have hope. God says, I want want you to have hope. Hope in the Lord. And then all of a sudden, you're going to fly like an eagle. Hallelujah. Reminds me from a song from back from the 70s. (laughs) Fly like an eagle. But I I, I don't know that song, so I won't sing it to you. I just got struck. No, I want to get it. <laughs> There's some secular songs out there that are actually good. They speak, you know, they speak to you. All right. Uh, anyway, praise God. Um, uh, I was just thinking about that song anyway, because you fly like an eagle. <laughs> There's sometimes that I go out and walk and pray because I walk out and pray every day and I'll have a song in my head, you know, like, and I'll go like, God, that isn't the right song for the prayer walk. And it's not a bad song. It's just not, you know, it might be a small, small world, you know, because I was at Disneyland. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be now. No, God, that's not the right one. So then I switch into a hymn, you know what I'm saying? His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, just what, okay. Now, you go, Pastor Perry, you're just a little bit abnormal. And, um, no, because the same thing happens to you too. You just don't, you, you, the same thing happens to you too. And you just, what you do is you take any thought captive and then you say, God, no, I'm going to shift right now to where I need to be, which is into prayer and worship. Hallelujah. And God wants us to have hope. And I'll tell you what, you get out, you might be dragging yourself along in prayer, but when you wait upon the Lord, he'll renew your strength. You'll mount up with wings as eagles. You'll run and not be weary. You'll walk and you'll not faint. Hallelujah. And it just comes on like that. You might start out tired, but you're going to... That's not the way to say it either. I said you might start out tired, but you'll leave wired. But that's not the right thing either. (laughs) What I'm saying is you might be low on energy but God will amp you up can I get a witness amen I mean you'll come walking and you'll say man I feel like I can fly I can feel like I fly see I can't get away from that is it Pastor Perry you shouldn't be listening to the radio okay (laughs) beautiful music's beautiful music no matter how you write it okay all right all right now um and then Paul would say this to us right now regarding hope because God's are plans for giving you the hope Paul would say this right now just kind of as an added blessing to you may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow or abound with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit so may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace how many can use a little bit more joy and peace right the God of hope is going to fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow and abound with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the hope is not yours. The hope is brought on by the Holy Spirit. So he wants you to abound. So God's will isn't that you would feel hopeless or helpless, but that you would overflow and abound with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Man, I feel better already. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, God's plan for you in 2022 is that you would have a future and a hope. And I want you to just quote that with me right now. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Now, you said it pretty good right now, but I want you to say it louder. But I want you to speak it to your own spirit. Sometimes you've got to just speak it to your own spirit because you, your spirit needs to hear this, right? So let it come out of your mouth and just, it, just talk it right to yourself. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and a hope. Hallelujah. If you receive that, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise today. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. When I was preaching on the goodness of God right there, the plans that I have for you are good. You know, when I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, you know what I mean? When I think about his goodness and how he set me free, I want to dance, 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 dance all night. You don't know that song, do you? Do you know that song? It's, but it's way old. But so what? It's still a good song. Okay? Now, in the next, uh, in the, during this next month, um, this is the first message of a three-Sunday series that I'm going to do for the month of January. So I have two more messages to go. Next Sunday, January 9th, my message will be No Looking Back. We're talking about a future and a hope. The title of the message next Sunday will be called No Looking Back. And then the last Sunday uh, uh, of January, January 26th, my message will be Holding On to Hope. What do you do when you feel like you're losing hope? And the message is going to be called Holding On to Hope. And then on MLK Sunday, which is the 16th, right in between those two messages, we'll be having a special guest on MLK Weekend, Walter Harvey, who is the newly elected General Executive Presbyter of the Assemblies of God, appointed to ethnic ministries and uh, head of the National Black Fellowship. He's also, uh, Walter Harvey is also Markel McGee's, our, our uh, worship pastor's uh, home pastor in Milwaukee. And so this is the pastor you grew up, he'll be with, grew up with, he'll be with us on MLK weekend. And so he's been really promoted in the Assemblies of God of just bringing uh, reconciliation uh, among uh, uh, ethnicities and all of that. I feel so blessed here at Harvest Church because we're already a mixed up church and a church that looks like heaven. So I'm just, uh, but we can all use God's help in moving forward. Can I get a witness? Amen. All right. Then, then today, then today, everyone, you're also going to receive uh, our theme that you see right there up on the screen right there. And if you put it on the screens too, because it looks beautiful when it's on these big screens here, uh, you'll receive this a magnetic card like this right here. It's like a four by six card, something like that, as you leave today and uh, take uh, one or two of them with you and put them up on your refrigerator or put it up on your water heater or whatever you want to do. But it'll, it's magnetic, so it'll just stick to that. And, um, and it'll remind you that God's word for us today is that he wants to give us a future and a hope in the name of Jesus. Then, for those of you that are watching online, all of our church family that's watching online, if you'd like to get this as well, all you need to do is just send an email into information at goharvest.org, information at goharvest.org, and then we'll see that, uh, and just send us your name and address, and uh, we'll send you uh, one of these in the mail this week, all right? So all you got to do is just ask for it, all right? Or you can stop by the office and pick one up as well. But we just bless you with that today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Stand with me all across the auditorium this morning, if you would. You've just been awesome to speak to today. We're going to have a good year together. Can I get a witness? Amen. It's going to be a good year. Hallelujah. Man, when I see all the people that are here on a holiday weekend, this is still a holiday weekend. Lots of people are gone. I'm just really encouraged. And on Sunday, Christmas Sunday, the, Christmas, the Sunday before Christmas, that was such a significant day. And our, our music department and media department did such a great job and all of those who participated, would you give them all a, a God bless you right now? We had, for the first time since we opened in February, uh, we had over a thousand people on Sunday. So that was a breakthrough Sunday. And so I was just excited to see what God is doing, all right? So be encouraged in the Lord. Okay, give me five more minutes and we walk out together. One of the most important things you can do in this new year is to make sure that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. And 
by Lord of your life that you are saved and people say saved from what? Saved from the penalty of your sin because the word of God says this, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Raise your hand if you say, I know all have sinned, right? Everyone's sinned, right? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through what? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Someone once said, Jesus is either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Did you hear that? Jesus is either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. In other words, don't serve Jesus in a part-time way. He wants all of you because we want all of him. In other words, Jesus wants all of you, not just a part of you. So how can you be saved? Here's what the Bible says. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Hallelujah. So we believe on him, but we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, and we believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. And the scripture says this, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame on that day that we stand before the Lord. For those that are believers in Jesus will never be put to shame because we'll we'll have been saved, born again, and our sins will have been forgiven. Can I get a witness? Amen. So how many of you have been saved already? Raise your hand. Thank God that you are, right? And if you're here this morning without Christ, in other words, I've never asked Christ to be my Savior and Lord. It's something that you must decide to do. And I, I was a preacher's kid, but I wasn't going to get in on my dad's coattails. I had to receive Christ for myself. And I just want to encourage you here this morning that if you've never asked Christ to be your Savior and your Lord, I want to ask you, just encourage you to do it today. If you hear his voice today, don't harden your heart, but open your heart and say, Lord, I want to receive you. If you've walked away from the Lord and you're here this morning, please come back to the Lord. He'll, he'll, he'll welcome you back with open arms. Uh, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. All should turn from where they've been and turn right back to him. So coming back to God or receiving Christ this morning, I want to just pray for you and you can receive Christ. And uh, I want to ask you to do that right now. And I'm going to lead you in a word of prayer. And every person here this morning that needs to receive Christ, please pray this prayer with me right from your heart, not just your head only, but from your heart. And those that are already believers, join me in this prayer as well. Pray this prayer with me right now. Are you ready for this this morning, amen? 2022, man, I'll tell you what, you can have a testimony on the first Sunday of a brand new year. 2022 is when I received Christ as my Savior. Hallelujah. So pray this prayer with me right at home online and right here on campus. Hallelujah. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you right now that you have plans for my life plan with a hope and a future. Right now, Lord God, I want to receive you into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. Forgive me of all of my sin, the penalty of my sin. Forgive me, Lord God. I thank you that you've paid for the penalty of my sin. And right now, say it with me, right now, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Now say this with me, view it with my mouth. I now confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So Lord Jesus, I believe on you now, and I receive you as my Savior and my Lord, and I pray in your holy name, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All across the auditorium right now, if you prayed that prayer with me and you meant it from your heart, you received Christ as your Savior, or you rededicated your life to the Lord, uh, I want to just ask you very quickly, all across the auditorium, everyone that just prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, just to lift your hand real high so that I can see it. Would you do that? Lift your hand real high so that I can see it. Real, right back over here, lift it real high. Right over there. Lift your hand right over here and right over there. Right over there and right over there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Right over here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Okay, silence for a second. You would. Everyone that lifted your hand, lift it again real high. Lift it up real high. Everyone that lifted your hand. Right over here. One, two. Lift your hand real high. Real high. Right over here. If you lift your hand real high. Lift your hand real high. If you lifted it before. Right over here. Who else? Right over here and right over here. Okay. Everyone that lifted your hand, please listen to me for a second. I want to help you this morning because the Lord, word of the Lord says this. If you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. And if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. But every one of you that rededicated your life to Christ or came to Christ for the first time this morning, I want to ask you to do something that's very important. You lifted your hand. This will only take a little bit of courage, but I don't want you to 
I don't to the devil to hold you back at all, but I want to ask everyone that lifted your hand, um, I want to ask you to join me. I want to just ask you just to come forward very quickly. Don't, don't wait and don't hesitate, but just come forward very quickly, and I want to just pray a prayer blessing over you before you leave, all right? Would you do that? Come forward very quickly. <clears throat> Hallelujah, 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 praise God. Well, we had about six or seven that raised your hands. Come on, real quickly, don't, don't, don't wait. Don't, every, if you raised your hand, come on forward. Would you do that? Real quickly. Come on, real quickly. I'm contending for you right now. I'm contending for you. Come on. And with you walking forward, you're saying, I'm confessing that Jesus Christ is my Lord. Would you do that right now? Come on, there you go. There you go, just like that. That's what we're looking for right there. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Amen. What's your name? Gabriel. Amen. Hallelujah. Gabriel. Gabriel just came running up here. There's a couple more out there. You just need to get up here. You're, 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 you're fighting it. You're fighting it. Don't fight it. Just go like this. Take the first step. And let me just say this. If you... It's hard to confess Jesus. If, if you can't confess Jesus in a church, it's really going to be hard in the world, all right? But we're just a bunch of believers right here that just want to celebrate with you. So if you lifted your hand, just join me. Come on. Here we go. Come on. Amen. Okay. God loves everyone that lifted a hand this morning, but you're miserable right now because you know you should be down here, a couple of you. And I'm doing my best to contend for you. You contend for your soul. So... But hey, I'm glad that you prayed this morning, and, and, and I know it can be uncomfortable coming here or whatever. You know, I have to do this every week. I have to stand before everyone, you know? And, uh, but I love you so much, all of you that received Christ here this morning, rededicated your lives to Christ. There's a little orange card in the seat before you that you can take out. We also have, we're going to give you a Bible for new believers right here. We'll do that right now. And then we'll also uh, fill out those little orange cards today so we have a record of your decision today. But I just want to pray a blessing over you, all right? Uh, and uh, who do we have here? Is this mom? Yeah. yeah. What's your name? Abby. Hi, Abby. And who's this? Huh? Maggie. Is it Maggie? Uh, Maggie. And this is? Malachi. Malachi. Wow. Gabriel, good to see you, Gabriel. Just like an angel, man. Good to see you, Gabriel. Do you get that every now and then? Yeah, okay. It's okay. It's, it's a good thing. And, and this is? Reef. Reef. Reef? How do you spell it? R-E-E-F. Man, I haven't heard of that before. Reef. I like that. Man, are you going to be a surfer? Something like that? No. I just, you know, they have the reef shoes and all that stuff. Good to see you, Reef. I like that. This is? Jermaine. Jermaine. Hey, Jermaine. And? Tony. Tony, hey, Tony, God bless you. Thank, man, you just look so sharp today. Yeah, I used to dress like that. I should just do that more. Would you stretch out a hand towards everyone this morning? And everyone here, you're all included in this prayer. Everyone that prayed that prayer with me this morning, whether you're up here or not. Um, but let me pray a blessing over you right now. Father in heaven, I thank you right now for all of these that have received you this morning as their Lord and their Savior. And they said, Lord, on this first Sunday of a new year, we want to follow you. And we want to follow you wholeheartedly. So, Lord God, I just pray a special blessing over each one in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just thank you right now that you're God that loves to save his people. So, Lord, we thank you right now that salvation has come into the house of the Lord today. And, God, we thank you for all of these that have received you as their Savior or have rededicated their lives to you, Lord God. We just pray your blessing over them and your keeping power over them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said amen. The angels in heaven are rejoicing. Hallelujah. God bless you. Got it all over there. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. Uh, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, we're going to be having first Wednesday. We're going to come together and pray and just see what God will do in our midst. Just want to invite you back for that. And then next Sunday again, uh, I'll be talking about don't look back, no looking back. And uh, that's going to be another uh, word from the Lord that's going to speak to our hearts. Hallelujah. But let me just speak a blessing over you as we walk into this year. Father in heaven, I just speak a blessing over your wonderful people today. God, we are your people and the sheep of your pasture. And whatever environment we're living in, whatever circumstances that you're living in, we're living in, God, I thank you right now that you've said you'll never leave us or forsake us, that you will be with us wherever we go. So, Lord, I just pray right now your blessing on your people, to dwell with your people, to let your presence fill 
fill their homes, Lord, to give them favor, to open up new doors for them, Lord God. But I just pray right now that your face would shine upon them. And God, we pray for your blessing on them in the name of Jesus. And everyone that receives the blessing of the Lord this morning, say aloud, amen. And give the Lord the best hand clap of the year. Would you do that, amen? Hallelujah. God bless you right here on campus and right there at home online. We love you so much. Have a great day. We'll see you this week. God bless you. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless.